Hi, this is Loretta Swit, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Welcome to the Pet Set, starring Betty White. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Now, this week is a radio talk show about Betty White. Betty White, a legendary actress known for the indelible character she played on The Golden Girls, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and Hot in Cleveland, and in many respects, the first lady of television having appeared in one of the very first experimental television broadcasts back in 1939. Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at the age of 99. Golden Girls historian Jim Colucci will join us later on the hour. We will also hear from Mary Tyler Moore historian Jennifer Armstrong. We hope you stay tuned for both those segments. In the meantime, joining us now is our friend Ray Richmond. Ray Richmond, award-winning journalist and best-selling author Ray's latest book, Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life is, to my knowledge, the last book published about Betty White while she was still with us. I've mentioned this before, Ray. Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life is a coffee table book in format, and I'm holding, I say this as I'm holding your book, it really is like a personal scrapbook of Betty White that Betty might have put together herself. And I'm not just talking about all the gorgeous photographs that are in the book, but all the wonderful anecdotes and tributes and factoids. Well, thank you for saying that, Ed. That's actually a great compliment, that this is something that Betty would take to heart herself as a scrapbook. That's pretty much the epic and the vibe that I was going for. And um, I appreciate that uh, you're pointing out that I succeeded. Yeah, because this is inside baseball. When Ray and I last chatted, I had a virtual copy of the book. I've since gotten an actual copy of the book, and it is even more awesome than I realized because it is full color. And this, and the cover photo is a gorgeous photo of Betty in her prime with that classic Betty White smile. Yeah, you know, we worked really hard to, you know, in concert with a design team to really evoke every different era of her life from, you know, from her childhood to her young adulthood to her uh, older adulthood, then her middle years, you know, Mary Tyler Moore and then the Golden Girls and then the late lifestyle resurgence that she had in her 80s and 90s, which no one has ever had. I mean, that's the thing that really is intrinsically unique to Betty, is that no one has ever been able to string together the kind of body of work that she did in her 90s. Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in Extraordinary Life, available wherever books are sold through Becker and Meyer Publishers, as well as our friends at the Quarter Group, as well as Amazon.com. Ray Richmond is on the line with us. Ray is the author of Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life. One of the things you talk about in Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, Ray, is, and I think this is the secret to Betty's longevity, is something you call the Betty White effect. Yes. The ironic part is that she was charged with having a face for radio, that she wasn't attractive enough to actually become uh, a television icon, or I mean, even a television regular, much less icon. And she was able to, basically, she made love to the camera and the camera loved her back. And no one had the kind of presence on TV that she did. We can look at all the different eras and all the different 
formats in television. The thing with Betty was, you talk about Mary Tyler Moore and the Golden Girls and Hot in Cleveland and all of her situation comedy work, but the truth is that she was incredibly versatile, uh, possibly the most versatile and beloved entertainer in American history, certainly as far as television. She did drama cameos. She, of course, had this game show, Celebrity Contestant Life. She did parade coverage of the Rose Parade and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, variety shows, made-for-TV movies. She even did a soap opera in her 80s. Whatever people asked her to do, she did. The more she did it, the more impressive she got. The more impressive you, the more you dig into her past and her life, the more impressive she gets. And that just never happens, Ed. What usually happens when you research celebrities is you find skeletons in their closet, issues they had. Maybe they were a jerk someday and then they they upset fans and upset a whole cross-section of Hollywood. There was none of that with Betty. She was as pure and wonderful as she appeared. And it's wonderful to see that in one of our heroes. All of the, the fan love is justified. And as we've talked about before, Ray, part of the fact that so many probably four generations, if we, if, if we really think about it. Her audience spans four generations, and it, it goes back to her days in the early, early, early days of television where it was Betty and a television camera and Betty unplugged for five and a half hours a day, six days a week. Uh, so that's, that's 30, 35 hours a week where... Okay, maybe you might have a couple of guests here and there, but basically it's Betty relying on being Betty. And, you know, you got to see the real, who, who she was as a person and the audience, you're either going to connect with the audience and you're not, and clearly she did, and that was part of her secret. Yeah, and you know, I don't think people can appreciate or understand just how difficult it is to try to improvise through five and a half hours a day, six days a week. We're talking in the early days of TV on a show called Hollywood on Television on a local station called KLAC in Los Angeles where she was just riffing, uh, you know, doing... She had a... Sometimes she was by herself, sometimes she had a partner, but she would just be doing song lyrics, telling jokes, doing interview footage, talking about the news of the day, and there were no breaks for commercials. Uh, there were no breaks for the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> they, would, they would focus the camera on a book or on something in the corner so she could say, excuse me, I, I, I need to go relieve myself and go do that. This was, everything was live. There was no tape. So, you know, it, it was like, a, she, would, she would liken it to going to television college early in, early in the, the life of TV and early in her own performing life. And um, she was just incredibly good at it and, versatile and dexterous and what she did with tv really set the tone for how people would perform on tv and what they would do to you know how they would uh, try to appear on the medium and uh, she always seemed to be kind of in on the joke ed that was one thing that was wonderful about her is she would do everything with a wink and a smile you know she was kind of the perfect combination of wholesome and naughty if she was too wholesome people wouldn't believe it if she was too naughty it would turn people off but she knew exactly how exactly how to balance the two. Ray Richmond is on the line with us. Uh, Ray is the author of Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, the last book published about Betty White while she was still alive. Betty White passed away New Year's Eve day, uh, December 31st, 2021, at the age of 99. It's funny 
you mentioned that she was told she had a face made for radio. I understand that, you know, like a lot of young actresses at the time, and this is before television, you know, she realized that television had a future, like a lot of young performers, like a lot of young actors, she tried her luck at movies, and you tell me if I was wrong, she was told that she wasn't photogenic enough to be a movie star. I find that laughable considering the, mo- the the many photos you have in your book, Ray, of Betty in her 20s and 30s. She was a gorgeous woman. She was, oh, she was absolutely gorgeous, Ed. And um, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, these people are idiotic. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, she, wasn't good. she wasn't beautiful enough for, for film. Oh, my God. Uh, she was she was that and more, and you know, in, in television, people were dipping their toe into that very gingerly, and she didn't. She threw herself wholeheartedly into it. She seemed to have some kind of some kind of sixth sense and and instinct that this was going to be the future, and um, so she didn't worry about oh, if I go into TV, I'm I'm going to paint myself as a as a TV personality and won't be able to do film. She just instead she just hit the ground running in TV and, and made it her own. And um, when she it was funny when she started uh, work on the Mary Tyler Moore show in 1973. The show was kind of in the middle of its run, and they were looking for someone to do a one shot guest appearance, a Betty White type, quote unquote, somebody that would be like that, that would be kind of a little bit silly and a little naughty. And then they married Tyler Moore. Finally, said, "Well, why don't we just get Betty and see how she does?" And of course, she nailed it. Ended up becoming that. Everyone was shocked that, oh, my God, Betty White can act because she had, she had acted before, but she hadn't done it in, in, in 10, 12 years because she'd, she was considered too old or whatever for the medium and had been doing only celebrity contestant appearances on game shows. But so the woman is, was constantly surprising us with her alacrity, with her, with her style, with her grace, with her, uh, with her zest, with her fun. She did everything in front of that camera that could be done on television. And then she she did the same thing 10 or 12 years later when she played Rose on The Golden Girls because I understand right. she was originally cast as Blanche because Blanche was considered a natural extension of Sue Ann Nivens. And this is just one of those serendipitous things, both Rue McClanahan... And Betty and I believe the director Jay Sandrich, they kind of powwowed amongst each other and said, "What if we switched roles?" Right, exactly. And uh, you know, it was yeah, Jay Sandrich, the director of the pilot and the um, and kind of the de facto casting director at that time, just said, uh, "Okay, we see that Rue can really nail Blanche. Betty, I'm taking it. We're going to take a chance that maybe you'll be able to do this dumb, naive character and see how you do." She's like, "I can't." Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Ray Richmond is the author of Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, the very last 
book about Betty White, the very last biography about Betty White, published while she was still with us. Betty White passed away December 31st at the age of... Later on in the hour, we will talk to Jim Colucci about the life and career of Betty White. Jim's books on television include Golden Girls Forever, speaking of which, plus a few other surprises. We should spend at least a few minutes talking about Betty's love for animals because that is also part of the Betty White effect. You've got this gorgeous woman who proves almost immediately to her television audience that she's a real person, just like you and I are real people. And one of the things that made her a real person was her love for animals, which I understand started when she was a very young girl. Yeah, you know, her parents uh, at which they would, uh, her father during the Depression would trade, would make radios and would make electronic stuff and would trade them for dogs <laughs> because he um, <laughs> pay money, but they had, they had dogs and uh, they loved pets. So they had sort of a de facto adoption agency, you know, where they had at one time as many as 26 dogs at once. So you can only imagine what, how chaotic that made their household, but they lo- it was always done with love. Throughout her life, Betty would say, I hope I'm known, if I'm known for anything at the end of my life, as someone who is an advocate for animals and loved animals and contributed to animal causes, more so than her human interaction or her career. She was much, she was proudest of her life, of her life dedicated to animals. And you saw it just as the way she went through her life, too. I know people that had, that worked closely with Betty that would say that she, during the last 10, 15 years of her life, she would be shepherded down the street by a driver in a limo. And they would, she would see someone walking their dog and, and say, stop the car, stop the car, because she had to rush out and go fuss and ooh and ah over the dog and hug the dog and, and get licks. Can you even imagine if you're walking your dog and there's Betty White sprinting out of a limousine towards you? It must have been an out-of-body experience. It, it, and she just, you know, that was her life. Her life was dedicated more to animals than even to human beings. And she did pretty well with human beings. She did very well with human beings. And and I understand that, you know, she didn't just ooh and off the opportunity to pet a little dog that she might have seen on the street as she was, as her driver was passing by. She, I mean, wild animals, um, even in her eights and nines, she would get up and close and personal with t- lions and tigers and, and, and bears and, and elephants. And, and they, they recognized innately that, you know, she got them. Yes. Yeah. I think she had a real, she had a real connection, a real spiritual connection to animals. And there's something I have on page 238 of my book um, where Betty was put into an enclosure with a trained grizzly bear named Bam Bam. And Bam Bam had a little trick he did with people that had the nerve, where you put a marshmallow between your teeth, and Bam Bam the grizzly would eat the marshmallow out from between your teeth. And there's a picture in the book. I'm looking at it right now. Of Bam Bam eating that marshmallow. And it looks like they're kissing. Yes. (laughs) With the the grizzly slobbering all over her face. This happened in 2014. Can you even imagine the nerve that required for a woman, a woman in her 90s to have a grizzly bear? Doesn't matter how trained, eating a marshmallow out from between their teeth. All they have to do is one of their teeth to slip a little bit and and your face is gone. Yep. Even by accident. It, It is one of many, many gorgeous, full color 
photographs, many of which have never seen print before. You can enjoy them in Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, the last biography published uh, about uh, Betty White, published while she was still with us, a, a book that in many respects is like a personal scrapbook that Betty White put together herself. Ray Richmond is the author of Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in Extraordinary Life. Ray Richmond, thank you so much for sharing a few memories of Betty White with us today. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for supporting Actors and Others for Animals. We started a long, long time ago. You can still take part in the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com as it's safe to say that Betty would have done anything possible to support this important cause. So when you find an organization like Actors and Others for Animals, it sort of unites all of those of us who want to pay back something for all the joy we get out of animals. You can learn more about the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com, BettyWhiteChallenge.com. Please keep up the good work. Believe me, it's deeply appreciated. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.